This is one of your hosts, Brett. And hey, this is Matt. Matt and Brett Love Comics is the podcast where we take comics and talk comics with comics. You see what we did there? Oh. Yeah. It applies. It applies again in this episode. Can't pat my back hard enough for that. <laughs> uh, Stumbled into it. Yeah. We're really excited for today's show. Uh, we're dipping back a couple decades here. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been in 1991 era area. The last couple the book last reviews. While. Yeah. So we're just hopping back about four years to 1987. Yes. Uh, a little known book. Confusingly called Justice League number one through six, Justice League International number seven. Yes, uh, collected <laughs> in the Justice League: A New Beginning trade. Yeah, you can find at your local comic stop or through Amazon.com. Yeah, oh yeah, Lorraine says Justice League International. International. Oh, mine says Justice League: A New Beginning. Because yeah, there's just it's a ridiculous. So it doesn't, so, you know what, just no continuity. go to the comic store and be like, do you have that one? Well, that one with that cover, because you know the, what this cover is. The cover, like. you know, the one where everyone's, like, looking at you, and yeah. they're like... Want to make something of it? Yeah. Don't look at the words, look at the picture. Yeah, yeah, and that's, make sure you tell the guy at the store that, too. Yeah. Like, don't look at the words, look at the picture. Uh, joining us today on the show are two great comedians. Uh, we have Lorraine Sink here. Hey! And also joining us is Mr. Kirk D'Amato. Face front, true believers. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, get out of here. We're not ready for you to be on the show yet. Yeah, yeah. Sell Seahawks. No, uh, okay. Sorry. Okay, I'm done with the Stanley. <laughs> Wrong company. Uh, that's great. Uh, you guys are no stranger to comics. Of course, Lorraine, you are host of Marvel's The Watcher. Yep, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, and Kirk, you I, are... I used to work in a comic book store. It's one of my first did you, jobs. I did not know that. It was one of the best jobs I ever had, yeah. Really? Yeah. Where at? Uh, in Sawgrass Mills, which used to be the world's largest outlet mall, uh, and it's in Florida. Uh, a comic of course. store in an outlet mall? It was a comic book kiosk. It was a big oh, kiosk. Oh, that, oh, I hated going to outlet malls as a kid, like with the Fury of a Thousand Suns, because nope. outlet malls don't have bookstores, and they don't have toy stores, and as a kid, why do I want to go to an outlet mall? Brett, you just you went wide-eyed when yeah. you said outlet mall. Yeah, I hate them. And you sound like you were offering kids just like good a good time. Yeah. Well, this outlet mall had bookstores and toy stores. Oh and, god, uh, Tennessee. I don't even know if it's an outlet mall anymore. I mean, it's an indoor mall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was large, and I used to work for a company called Techno Comics, which became Big Entertainment, which I think eventually became Hollywood.com. Oh wow! Don't hold me to any that last part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. I didn't, uh, I did not know that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So yes, I also enjoy comic books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lorraine, you, uh, like we said, you're the host of The Watcher. How's it going over there? It's awesome. It's it's super fun. I'm I'm in the office a lot now, which yeah. is extra great. There was just the writers' retreat last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. I I have this habit of not wearing my glasses. Uh, when I'm places and I can't see far away, and so I I saw what I thought was Matt Fraction from far away, and I I have a weird like comic book crush on Matt Fraction. Like I watch interviews yeah, with oh him yeah. and I'm Who like, doesn't? he's great. Oh my! Yeah. Uh -huh. And so I saw him from far away and I realized at some point I was making this really grotesque like squinty face at him <laughs> for like three minutes, and then I was like, oh my god, he can see me just because I can't see him doesn't mean he can't see me. And then I ran to my cubicle to hide. But no, I, I love working there, and it's been really, really fun. So yeah, it's afforded me a lot of cool experiences. And you, oh, yeah. and you write, you write those 
yourself. Is I that do. Correct? I write all the shows myself and and get to do my own interviews and all that kind of stuff, which is always fun. Oh yeah, cool. And and you, uh, I mean, you have a comics and comedy background. Mm-hmm. What uh, what brought you to New York City? Uh, I actually started in musical theater, oh. like you do, yeah. which is the dorkiest of all. But like, theater, like, listening to like, the UCB podcast, yeah. it seems like a lot of people came in for, came here for that. Like Darcy Carden came here for that. Uh, Brandon Scott Jones, Aaron Jell, like so many people came oh, yeah. here for musical theater, and they were like, "I'm gonna go do improv." <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I always realized that I played like the weird characters. Yeah. Like I always like in every show I did, when, even when I was like a very ingenuity ingenue girl. They would always be putting me, like, in a fat suit with, like, glasses and I would be playing all these, like, weird, grotesque characters. And I was just like, maybe, maybe musical theater, like, I don't really want to be, like, a rocket or anything. I would like to be, like, the weird girl. And so I, I went where I belonged, which was improv with all the other weirdos. Nice. Yeah. So your first sort of experience with comedy was when you were in the city then? Uh, yeah, I did some improv, actually. <laughs> it's kind of funny. If, if anyone knows who Blaine Swin is... Blaine Swain um, of Improvised Shakespeare, yep. Jeff Lapine, who used to be the artistic director of The Pit, and Michael Lewis, who runs the theater in Reno, and I were all improvisers together in high school. Oh, wow. Which is, <laughs> like, the weirdest, <laughs> smallest world. Yeah. And so I did that for a couple years in high school just for fun as a lark, and then I took classes after... As a LARP well. or a lark? A lark. Oh, okay. This was before LARPing was big. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Live-action role-killing. Can't remember, can't remember a world where LARPing was not big. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there was a very strange hotbed for improv in Bakersfield, California, where I'm from. Uh, so I did do a little bit of comedy then, but I didn't really get into it, into it, until after I was like, I don't know if musical theater's my thing. And then I was like, I'll do, wow. do an improv class. And then I was into the cult. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you perform, actually, you kind of synchronized those, didn't you? Like, you perform musical improv I at do. the pit. I do. On Friday evenings. I do with Hello. And how is that going? Uh, it, that's great. I actually perform with Kirk. Yeah, I'm in that too. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk and I are also on another team together, another musical improv team that called is Legend. Correct. Yep, Legend. At the Magnet. Mm-hmm. So I spent wow. a lot of quality time with Kirk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now here again. Now we're here again, yeah. Well, uh, Lorraine's my friend, so it's okay. Yeah, we get along. Yeah, I don't dislike her. So, that, so it works out well. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of quality time at Schnippers together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Schnippers, the, the overpriced deli in Midtown? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that what like it's a hamburger place? I, I don't know. They, oh. I, I wouldn't define them as a hamburger place. I think like, they're like, not a deli. Well, I, I think they have a... Fight, fight, fight. They fight, have a wide fight. range of American <laughs> cuisine. I guess American grill. I guess. Not deli. I'll, I'll give you Kirk is deli not is the wrong. I'd say it's a burger. Answer. I'm pretty sure it's a burger. Like, I Kirk's almost... trying to get us their endorsement, and Matt's like, no, <laughs> don't. No. Like, you know what? I'm going to look at the business. You know, I have one of their frequent eater cards. <laughs> I like this. I actually have one, too, because Kirk told me yeah, about them. Yeah, they're worth it. Schnippers made to order burgers, sandwiches, and salads. So I guess American Grill. Yeah, yeah. Works. I'm calling it. Um, well, burger is the first thing that they mention on the yes. cards. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad we settled that. <laughs> yeah, that was really tense. Tenuous. Um, and I want to say, if you're a Harry Potter fan in the New York area, you might know who Kirk is because you've probably <laughs> come to one of his many um, uh, awesome. I mean, slash insane. I mean, they're they're kind they're crazy events. They're incredible. Yeah. yeah, the incredible. Hogwarts Improvisation Society. Hogwarts Improvisation yes. Society, um, of which Matt Little was a member. I was um, member of Slytherin. Yes, where uh, a team of uh, Gryffindor improvisers and a team of Slytherin improvisers would uh, have magical improv. 
uh, under the refereeing and emceeing and whatever of uh, Professor Londonderry Kirkus, my Hogwarts alter ego. And yeah, those are all those were crazy shows. Uh, we once had a, the yeah. last was it the last one where Harry Potter shit like a fan dressed as Harry Potter rushed the stage. Was that the last one? Yeah, that was the very last one. Jumped on stage. Jumped on stage, and it, like because it, it comes to the audience applause of who they want to win. Uh, and when that happens, Gryffindor's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the show. We thought it would be great if I if they said that I couldn't make it on the stage yet, and I came out in a wheelchair. That's right. <laughs> to try and uh, garner some audience sympathy, which did not work. Didn't work. No, uh, didn't in work. fact, they cheered. I believe that's, <laughs> that there was a member of Slytherin in a wheelchair. <laughs> that's okay. that is weird to me because I mean, I guess well, coming as a GI Joe fan, I love Cobra way more than GI Joe. They got the better characters, way more charismatic. It is funny to me that with Harry Potter, like there is no like, no, it's always Gryffindor. Well, like, people do Sly- people love Slytherin? I more? love Slytherin. Okay, um, Slytherin won their first. I think we did the show maybe four or five times. They won the first time, and then they lost every other time. Um, <laughs> it was always around the release of a movie or Halloween, right? Yes, we yeah. did one Halloween, um, which was really fun. Did you do a New York Comic Con one, too, or am I imagining that? No, that's the uh, Harry Potter meetup, the group that shall not be named, yeah, yeah. Um, who are great. And they did a wand a dueling demonstration one day. And they're great. They're great people, <laughs> yeah. I think they also are involved heavily in the, the New York uh, Quidditch I don't don't quote me on this. I think they are, but like NYU's Quidditch and stuff. Are Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff in your show? No, they don't make. They usually what? don't make it to the. This is the finals. It's always the championships, Aww. and like Team Ravenclaw and Team uh, Hufflepuff usually suck. So they don't. They never make it. But you do they, they're always performing at yeah. urban stages. Yeah, and they you do like cast people. They, they give game. money. They, yep. rehearse, they rehearse, but they don't they get to perform. Yeah. They, can, they can be there in, in costume, but they don't get stage time. Yeah, oh, that would be great. One time, I got into an argument with a fan because I was d- dissing Ravenclaws because we got crazy fans. But she yeah. just started like I think I was there that time. She was just going someone, at me. Yeah, and it was really like ridiculous. Well, it's a mix of people like who just well, I mean. The usually you shows at UCB or improv theaters are geared towards we want improv fans to come to this, yeah. or hopefully like your coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but with the Harry Potter shows, it's like no, we want Harry Potter fans, yeah. like very specifically, like, we want you to come. And so it's people who most likely have not gone to an improv show. Oh right, yeah. Uh, and just like, it was totally. like getting, I was trolled. It was like being trolled on the internet, and I was just like, whoa, lady, come on, like what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm not gonna conjure up a Ravenclaw team right yeah, now. Yeah, like we got a show to do. Sorry, that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's good it's great so as yeah. a group of comedians we're talking about I think in comic book community one of the most f- well regarded as funny yeah does that sentence make sense uh, Regar- highly regarded as one of the funniest books ever yes in, in, in superhero comics there are comedy comics this is a superhero comics yes. this does not hold a candle to Tales Designed to Thrizzle but no. uh, it's still very funny. <laughs> Have you guys ever read that mm-hmm. by Michael Kupperman? Oh, yeah, he's terrific. Oh, man, it is... Uh, I am I usually in tears by the end of the issue. You were going to say, issue. like, Cerebus or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're uh, reading, just as we mentioned earlier, Justice League, the start of Justice League International. We'll just call it Justice League International. Yeah. Just call it that. Well, yeah, we're just going to call it that. The first Everyone's going to have to deal with uh, it. Story by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatisse. De- Mm-hmm. And art by uh, Kevin McGuire. Newcomer at the time, yeah, Kevin McGuire. Yeah, was this his first book? I think this was his first ongoing. Yeah. Or it was his big wow. introduction to the big stage. This is the first seven issues. So, I mean, we are covering... A, this might be the most content we've ever attempted to cover in one episode. Yeah, that's was, fair. Uh, which just... 
serendipitously. I'm going to use words not really sure if I'm using them. <laughs> that's, that's what this show's all about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we might end up like skipping over some of the main chunks of things. I don't know. Sure. Uh, well, as a, as a quick backstory, too. So the reason that this story came about the way that it did was uh, DC Comic decided to do a sort of clearinghouse exercise with Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985 into 1986 and relaunched a lot of their books with uh, trying to clean up a lot of the continuity that had sort of built up from the 30s on with Batman and Superman and then from the 60s yeah. on with everybody else. And once they had done that, uh, they, they started relaunching all of the books, but still referencing some of the things that happened before Christmas. Kind of like the New 52. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, uh. no, we, we, we're starting over from scratch, unless we mention it, and then go get those issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's the weird thing about reading this, is did this seem like a new thing? It didn't, it, did, it seemed like a number one, but it still seemed like this was existing in a universe that had 50 years of continuity before it. Like, this yeah. did yeah. not seem yeah, like... Yeah, totally yeah. did. This yeah. did not seem like the Ultimates, like, where it's like, oh, here's a fresh start. This still no. seemed like, it's you putting in that context is like, oh... Yeah. <laughs> Who are these people? I don't know. Well, they yeah. referenced the previous Justice League, and then... Um, uh, Justice no. League Detroit. Is that, is that, that is? what that was beforehand? Well, the Arrow... They moved the Justice League towards the end of the Justice League run to Detroit, and I believe uh, okay. Aquaman was leading them, and it was just uh, Vixen and Vibe. and It was four characters, three of which were like... Unceremoniously, like murdered. Oh, is it the these end, ones that because uh, John Jones is looking? Yes. At them. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I was like, well, this is something that must have happened in the past couple issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was a it, it was a really oh. dark ending for Justice League of America when that series ended, mm -hmm. and those characters were either like depowered or ran screaming from being superheroes <laughs> or were killed. Oh, it was uh, it was dark, which is why there's there's this sort of silent reflection on. Martian Manhunter's part when he yeah. brings them up on the screen, then shuts it off and slowly walks away in shadow. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's like half a page. It's like what well, we yeah. lost. Yeah. Sad face. Click. Well, even before we even dive sad into the story, sad face. Sad face. <laughs> that's a uh, Martian Manhunter makes sad face. That's what you like. You go to a funeral and you're like, I'm very sad face for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> See this? <laughs> Rolling on the floor crying. <laughs> R.O.F.C. Oh, man. That's a good one. Ropes. 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 <laughs> uh, so even before we even crack the oh, yeah. cover, though, the cover itself mm. is immediately iconic. Yeah. Um, immediately became something that people have repurposed over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's great. And it, it, it encapsulates what the entire first seven issues are in a nutshell it does what a cover is supposed to do like it's unique like at this time i have not seen many other things like this it's funny like want to make something of it i love that <laughs> like, yeah and the uh, facial expressions which kevin mcguire is a master yeah he's really great at body language of facial expressions the guy mm -hmm. gardner face it's it's a great face um it pulls you in why are they so mad though well, well, because the last iteration up. of the Justice League was so weak, okay, that this is the new Justice League. I see, and it's okay. So, like them launching a new Justice League at the time was kind of like people. It was like they had to address the weird uh, way the previous Justice League was dismissed. I guess they had to be like, "Yeah, hey, you want to make something of it? We're back." Oh, sure. And sure. also, also too, the Justice League here is not the Big Seven. 
the right. way that everyone sort of it's, thinks about them, right? No, not at all. No. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's you know Doctor Fate and Black Canary and uh, uh, Scott Free, Mister Miracle, uh, Blue Beetle, Doctor Light, Batman, uh, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, and uh, and Captain Marvel. Yeah, and, and, and Oberon. Oh, and, and Oberon, Oberon well, of course. I, well, I'm still, at the end of this, I, I do want to, at one point, be like, so what's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no... Well, I mean, what is you guys's, what is y'all's uh, relationship with um, the Justice League, or these characters in, in particular, prior to reading this for this episode? I don't read a ton of DC. So some of these people are like, oh, I've read you here and there, but... I wasn't like, here are people that I read about every day and know everything about. Oh, my old friends, Dr. Fate and Mr. Miracle. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, my brother, who's a big DC fan, will will shake his head in shame, but I was like, okay, so of course I know Batman, and I, I know uh, Blue Beetle mostly from, what is it, Infinite Crisis? Yes. Infinite Crisis, which I had read, so then I kind of knew the story which is of the, this. the depressing bookend to this. Yeah, I, basically, yeah. it basically was. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I remember Black Canary from my DC dictionary. <laughs> like also, it. Black Canary has an iconic costume yeah. that she is not wearing. Right. I know, that's totally. what I found so confusing, too. It took me, like, a 30 seconds to be like, oh, right, yeah. okay, why are you wearing that? Yeah, like, you're the cool fishnets, leather jacket, fingerless yeah. gloves, badass mm-hmm. Black Canary. But in here, she, no, no, she's totally the cool headband-wearing... Yeah. She's uh, Jem and the yeah. yeah, yeah, she just like, got done doing blousey, Alyssa Milano's Teen Steens. Yeah, <laughs> like, blousy, turtleneck, weird, yeah. like, feathery shoulders. I love her yeah. hair, though. She looks just like my cousin Cheryl in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> So good, good, good. She works for Dark Horse Comics. So oh. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, so maybe Black Canary yeah. works for a Portland-based comic book. Uh, <laughs> that's where she went. Now. Now. She, that's where she went after the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't even know why I picked this up. I picked this up like three or four years ago, and I also am not that big of a DC person. Sure. Um, but it was it's one of those things that like I feel like I should read this. Well, let's add, let's let's <clears throat> approach it this way. So. We're all sort of unfamiliar, or less familiar with DC continuity than we are with Marvel, I think, in this room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at these characters and approaching this with that, did you feel did you feel like, through the first issue, you were introduced to these characters in a way that you felt like you had a handle on who they were by the end of the issue? Well, I mean, I do think what was helpful in the beginning of the book, if you're not familiar with the characters, is they really try to introduce each person as they show up. Yeah. They like I think they could have done it slightly better, but I feel like they could try to kind of be like, "Hey, remember this guy and this guy's deal." Yeah. Uh, with each character, which is helpful, I think, if you're not super into this continuity already. Yeah, and I think that they um, one of the things I remember from <clears throat> one of the things I took away from this is they kind of really pared down. The cast is huge. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. ten members on the Justice League throughout the entire run, but in the first issue, they really decide like, well, we're going to focus on in this issue like. Batman, Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle, Black Canary. Like, we're going to make sure you know who they are at first. Mm -hmm. And then, like, an issue like three or four, we start getting more of Captain Marvel. Uh, I think that's a really smart way. It's like you are familiar with them because they're in the background most of the time. And then as the issues keep coming, you get more glimpses into who they are. Yeah. I like that... I like that there is as much Guy Gardner as there is. He's the on the beginning. first page. Yeah, and yeah. I thought he had a great intro because, like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. He's he he sucks right away. Yeah, you 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 have to set him up 
to suck for the for the, for the infamous one punch scene yeah. that well, comes later. Yeah. If you look at the picture, he's got his foot on the desk when you walk in. You're yeah. like, God, even your body language just says you're a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, do we need to get into some Guy Gardner talk? Because I will. I love. I, I'm in love with Blue Beetle. I love Guy Gardner. Well, you really do? I don't understand how. I don't. I mean, he's, he's very <laughs> ugly. No, I mean, as a writer and a reader of... Like, oh, as like, a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like, Guy Gardner, to me, is just a gold mine of a character. Oh, totally. Like, oh, yeah. he, and for that reason, I love reading him. I love how unashamedly, like, Republican he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, like, oh, in, yeah. like, when they go to Russia, because, like, these aliens... Just, I don't know, talking about plot as we come across it. And, like, issue two, I think, aliens from a nuclear holocaust planet come to Earth to be like, hey, we're taking away your nukes. And Guy Gardner's like, yeah, Ronald Reagan's the only one who should have access to nuclear bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's okay. <laughs> so good. Uh, he's a he's the Rush Limbaugh yeah. of superheroes. I think he's great for an ensemble. I don't know how you could do a, sh- uh, a solo title for him though. No. They've tried insufferable. Unless I don't know, it'd be tough. It'd be really, it'd be <laughs> yeah. really tough. He is a gift for this ensemble, and like him with like, and he, I love that Guy Gardner brings out the I don't know, like exasperatedness of mm. everyone around yeah, him. Totally. Oh, like, yeah, totally. Like even a guy like Batman who is like usually doesn't suffer any fools, just like doesn't really show much emotion, even around Guy Gardner is like, oh God <laughs> I love that. And I think when he says that Ronald Reagan thing, like they all think like idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says like he's like imbecile and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. Um, he must he must be such a fun character to write because his deal is so simple of just like what's the douchiest thing someone could do right now? Yeah. What's the most pain he can cause everyone at this time? Yeah. Um, and I love that he's like a blatant chauvinist. Oh just yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The way he treats Black Canary, like, any minute now, babe, we're gonna bang. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm watching Cheers right now, oh, yeah. uh, and I'm like, oh, he's kind of like Sam Malone in a way. That oh, was really? like a very kind of classic yeah. 80s character, too, of like the yeah, dishy yeah, yeah. older brother who like is rude to the girls, and the, he's like, you'll come around. Yeah. I think, I mean, I mean really like, <laughs> you'll come around. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always hope guys will say Let to her me. go, she'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chet from uh, yeah, Weird, Weird Science. Science. And then I that, was thinking that too. What's his name? Schneider from One Day at a Time. The, yeah, the, the Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> Classic TV character, Schneider. Kirk, I bet you walked around with like a tool belt <laughs> after watching One Day at a yeah. Time. You were like, yeah! Oh my god, that's. He knows true. women. <laughs> he knows women. Halfway through issue one, uh, we get this amazing page where this is it the first time like Batman shows up, like him and Doctor Fate arrive at Justice League headquarters where they've all been assembled, uh, and they Batman walks in on all of them just pounding the shit out of each other, and then Guy <laughs> Doctor Fate's like I can easily put it into this I guess with his magical fate powers. I have no <laughs> idea who Doctor Fate is. Oh, uh, uh, Doctor Fate is uh, commissioned by the Lords of Order to keep order and balance okay. on this earth. He's kind of a like. <sighs> A lot of that came mystical up god. and a lot of crazy exposition in one of these issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Batman is just like, no, allow me. Just walks straight up through the entire crowd to Guy Gardner and just looks him in the face and is like, sit down. <laughs> and it's just great. Yeah, and then yeah. they have the, the, the triptych of uh, Guy Gardner's faces. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, go to hell. Uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, 
don't, what, how much writing did Keith Giffen and James and Matisse do before this? Because their grasp on character mm-hmm. and interactions, mm-hmm. and like putting that as the, it's almost like the turning point of issue one of like they go from are we a team to well we have to be a team because of that one interaction between Batman and Guy Gardner, and that sets up one punch that happens in issue like six. Well, They're smart guys. Giffen Giffen was around for a while. He was mostly art. And did plot for this, so he would set up plot, but yeah. he wouldn't actually do the dialogue. Uh, he had that great run with Paul Levitz on Legion of Superheroes in the early '80s, uh, the Great Darkness Saga. Okay. It's that dark side story. Um, James D. Matisse was around. I don't. I'm trying to think if. Oh, right, he did Captain America in the okay. early '80s with mm-hmm. Mike Zack. Okay. Is that right? Mike Zack, and then he also did. Uh, he had a, a run on the Defenders, I think, at the end. That all makes um, sense. That all yeah. makes sense. Yeah. He's around Brooklyn, apparently. Really? Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I like Bergen Street <laughs> Comics a lot. I go in there a lot. Yes. And I'm kind of chatty with the guys sometimes. And he was like, oh, one of the guys here is working on a project with him and blah, 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 when I was picking up this book. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It blew my mind a little bit. What's, what's also interesting about him, too, is at the same time that he was writing this, he was also writing... Craven's Last Hunt. Oh, <laughs> oh which wow, is yeah, Spider-Man, the most like dark. Yeah, Craven. yeah, which I was picking up at the time as a child, and uh, now we understand. Yeah, where I come from. <laughs> uh, so I mean, the whole plot of the first issue is basically like getting the band together and them stopping a United Nations uh, like terrorist attack, basically. Mm-hmm. That was essentially we kind of find out was. The plot of Maxwell Lord just to get them all together? It's, yeah. like, it's hinted at that at the, on the last page. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the, the Maxwell Lord storyline is something that plays out over uh, several more issues beyond this. Uh, but he is sort of manipulating behind the scenes. Like, there's a computer that keeps coming up yeah. Yeah. throughout that the story. Omar? That's uh, is that, who is that? Is it Brainiac? No. Come um, <laughs> out of my element. Is it Sinestro? No, it's not Sinestro. It's Sinestro. It's Lex Luthor. It's Lex Mr. Mixus Piddlick. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, Catwoman. it's clearly somebody shows up later. It's, well, I mean, we're pretty sure it's Catwoman. So it we'll was call it Catwoman. Um, <laughs> it, it was a uh, it was a computer. It was a computer, I think, from New Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, right. Up, it's yeah. the satellite. It ends up because yeah. I don't think it shows up after they dismantle the satellite. Yeah. So he has, which is how he kind of get how Scott Free realizes that he's recognized the technology for that mm-hmm. uh, right. that like demon beam. Yeah. In issue seven. Um. But but anyway, so so that sort of plays out across several more issues beyond this story. Um, but he was definitely pulling the strings to bring them together, and it was very much set up that way that, okay, this is supposed to be a mystery to everyone, including the reader. Why is this guy doing this? Um, Did you feel like that uh, hampered the story in any way? I was along for the ride. I mean, it's the comics not telling me anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Yeah, they tell me nothing. Show me silent issues. Well, it was so weird reading this because having seen, what is it, Infinite Crisis? I'm going to say that every time. Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis. Which were at the, that? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, but you had a couple years to watch it. Like that's. Should I say? Yeah, go. For yeah, it. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, spoiler alerts. Obviously, on the show, we did not say that at the top, but uh, that's usually well, implied by our show. Here's one. Infinite Crisis. Um, it's all perfect. You know, 
the, the mastermind behind it is Maxwell Lord. So I, that's the big reveal. And then here you see it right from the start. So it's really weird. I'm like, don't trust this guy. He's gonna like cause. He's, he's gonna like shoot Blue Beetle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I know, which was very painful. But it, it was, that was a very satisfying story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was weird watching that because I'm like, I, I don't know this character. I'm like, is he's a bad guy, right? Or yeah. maybe he was a good guy. Oh, so he's a, he is a bad guy. He's well, no, I mean, like, he is eventually a bad guy. Okay. But, like, I didn't know if he was actually doing this all along to be like, I'm going to screw over the world, or if he was, like, maybe doing good originally through his own weird, dubious methods. No, he eventually wants to do good. Okay. Like, it's a, he's kind of a twisted character, but he eventually wants to do good, mm-hmm. and they retcon that with Infinite Crisis. I mean... So many things. Yeah, because at the same time... <laughs> In 2004, they did uh, a six-issue miniseries called uh, "I Can't," I can't believe it's not the Justice League, and it was a reunion of this art of this, of this creative entire team. team. Yeah, I'm reading that and right now. Like, in, like uh, Nort, the, oh, the dog right. Green Lantern was in it, and uh, it's really funny. I, mm-hmm. I loved it, and uh, uh, that was happening. And like, as soon as that wrapped. Infinite Crisis happened, and Ted Kord dies, like, the next month. Mm, the worst um, thing. <laughs> yeah. So I love sad. the title. I can't believe it's not the Justice That's funny. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's a good title. Or, yeah. or it's, like, formally known as the Justice League. Oh, or that's right, because there, yeah. there was two of them. Yeah, there were two and of them. And yeah. one of them is formally known as the Justice League, yeah. and the other is... I can't believe, I can't believe it's not the Justice League. <laughs> um, um, well, there's so much plot to even go over, and I don't even know if we can even get to everything in time. I almost... Well, like, yeah, the plot, the Maxwell Lord is sort of the overarching yeah. plot because yeah. there's the smaller one of those three alien heroes. Yeah, just two but almost everything else is man. something that he has yeah. engineered to happen so that the Justice League will be seen in the eyes of the world as a necessary yeah. mm-hmm. part of the you know law and order scheme. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, I mean, manipulations aside, I think that it's a smart idea to set up the Justice League as a world peacekeeping entity and not just the Justice League of America. America, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And well, I like apparently the... there's not a lot of Soviet superheroes is what they were saying. There's only yeah, like they don't have yes. any. this rocket red, then they eventually capture those three aliens, who I really think are basically Marvel stand-ins, right? I so mean, probably, that come I mean, together Because like, that guy's basically Thor. He has a... Um, oh, yeah. He has rain power and a battle axe. Yeah, and it's like Silver Sorceress, who I think is the Scarlet Witch, and then Blue Jay. Well, I would say is Hawkman, but that's not Marvel. I don't know who that <laughs> guy is, or it's yeah. Falcon. Maybe it's Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just a side tangent. I thought yeah, Marvel that was and DC neat. would just keep doing that over and over again. Like if they, well, we need to oh, create yeah. some characters. Just make them analogs. The Squadron together. Supreme. Yeah, the Imperial mm-hmm. Guard are all Justice League. Uh, Legion. Um, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Squadron Supreme is supposed to be the Justice League, and the. It doesn't matter, Matt. Um, I love that, though. I, mean, I, think, I think it's fun. <laughs> Did you guys have any, like, favorite moments? Like, there was a moment that made me laugh out loud that I'm trying to find, but I can't remember when it was. I mean, One Punch is oh, amazing. Right. Oh, it's great. And how Black Canary so upset yeah. she missed it. Because <laughs> like, they're like, hey, what's going on? So we keep we keep mentioning that. So for if you yeah, yeah. are not aware of what happens here, there's a buildup intention between Guy Gardner and everybody else that has a speaking role in this book. <laughs> Literally uh, everyone. Across the first uh, five or six issues. And it culminates in Guy Gardner getting in Batman's face about how he should be able to lead the team. And uh, and Batman 
insults him, so he takes his ring off and says that they're going to fist fight. And Batman coaxes Guy Gardner into charging at him, and Batman knocks out Guy with one punch. <laughs> and I love that, like, Blue Beetle just starts hysterically. This is why I love Ted Cord. He's such, like, a good... He is exactly like if you were a superhero, you would probably be Ted Cord. You'd be left in. You would, you would have a cool car that everyone wants, but you'd be left inside of it to just hang out. Yeah, uh, I love that. Like on the bottom of that page, he he's like wiping the tears away from yeah. his eyes. He's crying so hard. Yeah, <laughs> so hard. Yeah, Ugh, I love that so much. And I love that the sound effect for the punch is bonk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the sound effects the sound effects start to kind of. Uh, become part of the fun of the book as yeah. well. As they go on, there's there's something that there's a there's a line of dialogue that this entire run became famous for which is uh ha 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 as a reaction to anything funny. BWA followed by a bunch of ha's. And it doesn't show up in these first 7 issues. It may be a few after this that they use it as a sound effect for the first oh, I time. Love it. And um so stuff like that, stuff like that is definitely in on the fun of the book. I um I also loved when uh, one of the other storylines they have is there's a guy, the Gray Man, who has taken over a small town in Vermont. Yes, yeah. and he's like making everyone basically like go to sleep and like sucking out their dream essence or something. There's mm-hmm. a lot of exposition that I was like, whoa, on. Yeah. Well, it's very it's a very eighties <laughs> yeah comic, and I feel yeah. it ties into the Sandman. It, in fact, it definitely does. Oh, okay, uh, I, I in. I don't know the time period of when Sandman starts, but it does. Oh, right, like Ryder Lorena right here. Yeah, like I know. I know it's right around yeah. now. So that, I thought that was super cool. <clears throat> My favorite thing is like, and one thing like Black Canary gets thrown, and who is chased right, like flying to catch her? Oh, and they're like, I can't remember what's powers. Do you fly? And she's like, I don't fly. I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, there's booster. Yeah, no, booster. no. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And then he's like, Well, I'm gonna catch. He's like, No, I'll be fine. No, how I'm gonna save myself. How? I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love that too. I also really love when Guy is looking for his ring. It's like falling under a desk, and he goes to look for it, and he's like, "What's this furry thing?" And he, it's when he bonks his head, which eventually changes his character. Yeah. But I love that it's just like, "Yow!" And and then the you see the mouse scurrying, and it's just an ellipse. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Just. That's yeah. that's cool immediately cop. that's when he wakes up from being knocked out by Batman too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what changed his personality was like seeing that mouse and then hitting his head on the desk. So yeah, he, he had a big bonk on the head. Yeah. Because well, when he wakes up the first time, he's still a jerk. Yeah, so yeah. it must be. So then that's what changes him. <coughs> yeah, it's actually the mouse, not Batman. The mouse got him, slugging yeah. him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there one? Because the stories we have in this are. Uh, the 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 first issue. Then we have the two parter with the Soviets versus like Rocket Red and those three alien people. Then we have the one issue of Booster Gold versus the uh, Royal the Flush, Flush Gang. Gang. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Gray Man arc. And then the mm-hmm. end. Was there was there one of those you guys liked more than other ones, or one that you thought, or one that you hated? I mean, I really liked the Soviet one because I thought it had a nice um, political idea like they want to destroy all nuclear weapons which yeah. is a very noble thing yeah and like I, I think maybe the justice league's like we agree with you but we're gonna stop you because we gotta stop like for whatever reason they're sent into russia it's a tough it's a tough call it's a tough yeah. it's a sad and then they get captured by the soviets at the end i'm like oh this ain't gonna end well yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those it's, poor three people. Seven, it's the ussr oh boy yeah and also they keep saying that like they are like oh we're in like we're in this type of airspace we can't go in there yeah like, they're very yeah. caught 
in, which also foreshadows them going international. Totally. Man, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. Because yeah. then they end up, at, at when they are international, they have Rocket Red, who I'm like, I don't know who that guy is, but obviously he's a Soviet. He was one of the, um... He's one of these He's one robots. of those guys. Yeah. yeah. And I liked, oh, I love the way they talked, because they were soldiers, and they were like, I don't know why we're fighting, or like, I don't, and they're like, we don't believe in God, remember? Like, they're just yeah. normal people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, really fun. It's really good. Was there one you enjoyed more than others? I or, I or really like the the lead up to the Gray Man because I feel like the characters are all getting their footing really well and yeah. like we're starting to see them interact in in a more interesting way because they have some build up behind them. Yeah. And two, I I actually even though it is a lot of heavy exposition, I really like the Gray Man. Oh yeah. I, I love it as an idea. I kind of like metaphysical stuff for some reason. Yeah. Um, so it kind of appealed to me that whole thing, and I I love Black Canary in those issue in this issue in particular. Yeah. She's is great. I don't know. She's just I love that she's so independent and she's just fighting back so hard against Guy Gardner and just like be the <laughs> only woman and she's yeah. like hold her own. It's just like I'm fine. Yeah. I wonder. I really like. Not to make everything about gender politics, but it's also like, why is she the only woman on this team of, like, ten people? It's kind of crazy. Like, it seems like so, like a holdover from, like, the 50s or 60s. Well, Dr. Light's, Dr. Light's on the team. For, For a, minute. a couple yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was sneakily recruited by uh, Maxwell Lord, and right. when she finds yeah. that out, she's like, well, fuck this, and leaves. They, they wind up adding two more... Fire and Ice. Yes. Uh, they're, because they are also, uh, I believe, ice is Swedish, and fire mm. is uh, of some South American origin. Uh, uh, yeah, more of the internationality. But she's fire, too. but she's green. I've never understood that. Well, she's, maybe she's well a you know how, oh, like yeah. you know how when you flush the toilet <laughs> in the southern hemisphere, like water oh, swirls the okay. other way. The s- fire's green. Got it. Below the equator. Is that the Coriolis? I don't know the name of it. The Coriolis effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the Coriolis effect. Coriolis, Coriolis was the Coriolis. guy that first that discovered it. Fire. Yeah. Um, I also the Coriolis like, on fire. Speaking of how they're all getting their footing uh, in the, I think in the Gray Man, when they're when they're finding out about Gray Man and Batman starting to give orders, and he's really like curt to Captain Marvel. Mm. And it hurts his feelings because Captain Marvel's like a 15 year old kid, which yeah. they don't bring up <laughs> until way into this. Yeah, I yeah. I thought he was yeah. younger, and he acts a lot younger to me. I yeah. thought he was like an eight year old kid, but whatever. yeah, he he doesn't act 15. He acts like he's eight. But I do like, and then and then like Blue Beetle's like, no, well, no, it's your own fault. You're a little short on courtesy sometimes, Batman. Frankly, you treated Marvel treated Captain Marvel like a bathroom mat. I love that. Yeah. Blue Beetle's calling Batman out for being kind of a jerk. That felt like the perfect time. Like, I love the pacing of all seven of these issues Mm -hmm. because it feels like when a character finally confronts another character in that way, Mm -hmm. like, it's earned. Mm -hmm. Like, if that would have happened in the first issue, I think that a lot more chaos would have reigned. Uh, Like, interaction-wise, but allowing everyone to sort of... uh, uh, Cal to Batman up until that point uh, made that made that feel really good, and then everyone starts to after that happens. It's like everyone else starts to kind of realize that not everything that Batman says is the perfect plan. Yeah, I mean, um, what did you guys think about Batman in this? Like, I mean, I'm assuming he's the one we all knew the most. Yes. <laughs> so, did you have any uh, thoughts on Batman? This is the weird thing. So, in the beginning, it's like Batman walks in, and it's like, of course, we all know Batman, and everybody's just like, okay, you have immediate authority. It was like the alpha dog walked in and everybody like, was like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. Yep. And I kind of was like, why? Like, I mean, I know he's Batman. What? <laughs> I know he's Batman. But I just... 
Kirk is shocked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then. So then. So Kirk, <laughs> why? Well, he's the. I mean, I don't. I. I don't know much about. Uh, John Jones. I feel bad calling him the Martian Manhunter. I think that's like a racist <laughs> name. Yeah, but probably like, is racist against Martians. It's Why is he called that? Oh my no, god! No, no, no. Because he's a manhunter. He was originally like a like a pri- like his day job was like private eye. He hunted people down. Uh, like under a the bounty alias. hunter. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he's Martian. So it's not like like uh, trying to think. It's of not. It, it's here. not like his name's like. Like uh, I don't know, white man hunter. <laughs> like he only hunts white men. But yeah. he is. It, I don't know. I it, to me, it's a bit racist. And, okay. But no, Batman is. I think he has the. I mean, even though John and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's John Jones. It's John Jones. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like John. John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that was racist. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so many Martians are going to be really upset. Oh my god, <laughs> guys, this is so specious. No, I, I like. Oh. I, I think Batman. I mean, of course, they would defer to him, especially I think if this is a after whatever they had just done, Crisis. Yeah. He's got yeah. a lot of seniority still, yeah. right? From for me, this feels like... The tone... The, what I got from this is, like, Batman is there, but he doesn't really... It doesn't seem like Batman, like, wants to be there right. or could probably do all this on his own. There yeah. seems to be a lot of, like, babysitter with Batman yeah. as the leader, mm-hmm. which is why in issue seven, when he's like, you, I, no, you, I can't do this. Martian Manhunter, you're more... Yeah, you yeah. I like I like having him there for that purpose. See, I like I kind of agree with you, and I see your point. In so much as uh, Lorraine, uh, because I'm pointing at you, and people can't see that I'm mm-hmm. doing yeah, that. I mean, you would uh, never agree with Kirk. Let's do this. Ne- we never have. No one uh, ever See has. the Schnippers argument that we had. Earlier. <laughs> uh, but I see what you mean. Sort of in the sense that um, it's always frustrating to me in comics when like, Spider-Man shows up and everyone treats him like a celebrity because in that reality, he's not supposed to be. Like, if Captain America shows up, he should be treated like a celebrity because Mm -hmm. that's how people view him. Mm -hmm. But everyone thinks that that Spider-Man's sort of this klutz that accidentally does right in New York City. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so he like. Gets so much bad press. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, most and heroes like, do. I don't know. Yeah. And Batman shows up, and yeah, he probably has a reputation within it, but he's also like. Like, I don't know. Like, agreeing to follow him is one thing. Like, I understand that him coming in the room and everyone being like, oh my god, that, like. That guy that hangs out in the shadows and eats bats is here. <laughs> you have to imagine of him. Yeah, yeah. I almost, yeah. that's his yeah, reputation. That like, makes yeah. more sense to me. It would have been cool if there was like a page of all the other Justice League guys being like, "I don't know, you're aren't you crazy?" Yeah, <laughs> like he walks out of the room and everyone's like, "Okay, so he's crazy, right?" Yeah, because <laughs> like all of them, like even Mister Miracle, who we haven't talked about yet. He is, <laughs> he is the weirdest looking of all. Oh, of them. totally. Like uh-huh. he has like. He, he he has eye holes cut out that have like human colored flesh on them, so it looks like a mask. But then whatever mask it is is also his his lips nose and, and lips, and yeah. like it's like his face. Well, he's a performer. Like he yeah. is like well, an international. Like he gets paid to perform, and Oberon is his manager. No, right. it's just like a really tight mask. Yeah, which is yeah. with uh, with a magic <clears throat> mouth attached to it. Mm-hmm. But even as weird as he is, he's still like the guy next door. Like he's married to Big Barty, he has a wife. You know, like he just seems like a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Batman is is crazy. Yeah, he, he has darkness inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue Beetle don't got no darkness. I wish he had more darkness in this. Be- yeah. I think it would have, because I think as a com- like, mm. I don't know if this is considered a comedy, 
but it feels like a good sitcom. Yes. And with, especially yeah, with Guy yeah, Gardner, but like Batman as the ultimate straight man, and then something when he's like, Mr. Sulu Warp Factor 8, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, Batman. Like, well, no. they comment on it. They say like, he just made it, what did they, don't they say like, yeah, he they made a say, joke? Did he make he a did joke? that four yeah. years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah they, do, they do call him out on it. And I uh, think that's funny. His involvement with the League sort of ends with issue seven as well. Like, mm. moving forward, it's the rest of the cast that you see at the end there with a couple more additions, which makes sense too, because as... As they, as the creative team sort of got their footing, they realized that they didn't need that because they had a lot more comedy to mine, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that it would have been a lot more out of character. To although a lot of like really black comedy kind of <laughs> could have come out of that. Um, I think from a you know from starting over standpoint too, like of course you want to put some. He's the name. Yeah. yeah, he's the star. He's yeah, the anchor of it. but again, it's yeah. like everyone everyone like bows to his authority because. Readers have deemed him the most popular True, person in the room, the, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's not. No, that I mean, he is. it's like fables. If people believe, <coughs> yeah, they yeah. yeah. have the most power. Yeah. So Batman's automatically the leader of every single situation because we buy all his comics. Yeah, same thing with like. Well, Wolverine's rarely ever the leader, but he's always in everything. Yeah, I do want to talk about the art in this a little bit uh, because there's one like the to talk about the uh, the Royal Flush Gang issue, mm-hmm. which is it. Kirk might be able to speak to this. It feels very much like an 80s issue of Excalibur with Alan Davis. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like all the Excalibur villains were all these weird characters oh, like totally. the, I mean, the Royal Flood. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that issue feels very similar to that. Mm-hmm. But I did, the art in this I love because they're, throughout most of it, it's all these panels. There's a lot of panels on the page, you know, like five to eight panels on every page. And then Booster Gold thinks he's beat everyone. Everyone's giving him a round of applause. And then it's like, oh, hey, behind you, and you turn the page, and bam, just one huge page. Which might be the first full-page splash we've gotten in the entire... I think so. And it's it's like Kevin McGuire just waited and was like, yeah, I'm going to do that for this. No, we've had had intro pages that were... That were, yeah, the um, guy Gardner feet up on the table. Oh, yeah. No, there's been a splash page usually at the openings. Oh, yeah. But this was like in the middle. But it's a good one. It's like a... Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, right you're in right. the middle because yeah. right. it's such weight. It's so yeah, good. it does. It's so good. It does. It yeah. literally is like an anchor in the middle of the fight, and it it's lends big. importance to the fact. Oh, it's a great image, it's big, humongous, and also yeah. like it. The guy and it doesn't uh, back down on that. Like he actually messes with them. Like he gives them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, the, really cool. the art. It's interesting because this also very much feels like an '80s DC book. Um, where, like, I think that there's a lot less... So, like, the Marvel style is always to draw something either, like, in the in the most dramatic fashion possible, right? Like, either through the extreme follow-through or just as the action's about to happen. But there are a lot of, like, sort of uh, static panels throughout this story and throughout DC Comics in the 80s in general uh, with, like, high panel count on the pages... And, and walking and things like that. And um, not a lot of action, not a lot of action poses, right? There's a lot and, of uh, news anchors talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's tough. <laughs> they love that in the 80s. It's, it's tough for stylized artists, I think, to do a much more calmer scene. But Kevin Maguire handles both uh, amazingly well. Like, the, the static pages when everyone is just standing around. Like, yeah. on that page right before Ace shows up, right? Mm-hmm. There's that middle panel where the Justice League are all standing around looking at Booster Gold from that cliff. And 
everyone has a personality in their stance. Like it's not it's not like Feldian where the only personality yeah. is everyone standing on their tiptoes and and uh, angrier has to pee. Yeah. Like <laughs> Batman has his hands behind his back. Um, you know, Blue Beetle is like curiously looking around Martian Manhunter. And I think he's got a thumbs up because he's like, "How'd I do?" Oh and yeah, he's and he's got this thumbs up. Oh yeah, giving the thumbs oh, up. guys. Oh, I love them so much. Guy Gardner is uh, sulking. <laughs> yeah, and you you is get this to where see. They meet? This is where they. Yeah, meet? this is where they oh, met. This is the God. meet cute, Brett. Guys, I love them. <laughs> really, uh, this is where they met for the first time. Yeah. Wow. Where, where this... does where did Booster Gold come from? Is this is him the joining? Future. Booster Gold is a Dan Jurgens character. Did who... he have his own ongoing before this? He or? did, and wow, it was. But very recent before this. Okay. Uh, and this was an attempt to kind of get this character more exposure as and well. It worked? Yeah. Um, he is a guy who came from the future to the past to stop uh, uh, to stop an apocalyptic event. So Cable. Happening, I believe. He's proto-Cable. He's proto-Cable. Oh, okay. Cool. Booster cool. Cable. Got it. That's Got all it. you had to say. <laughs> yeah. Proto-Cable. And... <laughs> Booster Gold fans, tweet me. He has uh, he has a robotic sidekick named Skeets that doesn't show up in oh, the yeah. story. But he's uh, he's this little robot. Ah, ah, he's I this little a round... flash of Warner Brothers making like a Justice League movie with, with Booster Gold as it, and then all of a sudden, like... Skate, 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 skate. Oh yeah, little John and little John is and he's, and he's got like a little like and he's got yep. like a little radio in him and he's always playing like to the left, not him, it's got Yeah, just when it comes down. My- yeah, he I would not be skates too well, but to me he's like the cakey of the DC universe. I don't know if that's yes. correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, cakey being a cake from outer space. Check out the web series that I co-created. <laughs> but like, I, I always thought Skeets was just like a lovable dope. Um, not knowing the character at all, but I love the idea of like a, ro- a silly robot sidekick. Yeah, yeah. We, he's he's um, he also has a sister that winds up coming back to the past. Boosters gold. Boosters. Boosters gold. That's not a word. <laughs> um, but she uh, she winds up. The only reason I know this is the first booster gold comic that I picked up when I was like seven was a was a two parter with the Justice League in it. And uh, and she dies oh. in that book, oh. and it's it's pretty sad. R.I.P. Booster. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he sort of he he comes back, and he's he's like this arrogant. Um, he's this arrogant guy because in the future superheroes have like endorsement deals. Yeah, and he's this mm. big celebrity, and then he comes back into the past, and he's nobody. You know, and it's you know. What if Tom Cruise got thrown seventy five years back into the past, and he can't be? T- he's just a short guy. Uh, that's like too intense. <laughs> um, you get back on the dock with the rest of them. So you that's love Booster Gold. Years ago. Well, I love Blue Beetle. Okay, but you also um, really like love, Booster Gold. Yeah, and I love their relationship. Yeah, because um, I've read, and this is all I've read of them. I've read, uh, I've read. I also love Jaime Reyes, who is the current Blue Beetle in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an arc where Booster Gold comes. And, like, talks to him. Like, hey, dude, if you're gonna... I can't even remember if this actually happened. It might just be something I think should have happened. It definitely happened. I can't remember. The newer Booster Gold run dealt with him trying to go back into the past to stop yeah. Ted Ford oh, yeah. from being killed. I think I might have even read that, too. Yeah, uh, and, like, he, like there's a lot of Beatle action in that Booster Gold uh, run. I also love, I mean, not so much in this issue, but Ted Cord is one of the few superheroes who is drawn to not be physically fit. Mm. That's not yeah. the case in this, but, like, in later issues, he just gets, like, more and more 
of guys that I myself am attracted to. <laughs> just yeah. like average build, just like guys, and not like rippling, you know, whatever. Rippling like, Hulkman. Yeah, rippling Hulkman. Like, if you find the Booster Gold uh, Justice League International action figure modeled after Kevin Maguire's art, he has a one-pack. <laughs> like he just has like a little pooch. I love it. Uh. Oh yeah, because because Blue Beetle had that in the reunion, uh, the reunion yeah. miniseries in like, yeah. two thousand four. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, his like his costume is coming up over it, like off of it too. Like you can he has stomach exposed. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. I just I I love him. What's wrong with me? So Maxwell Lord winds up manipulating the world into believing that the Justice League are something that the that that everyone should be on board with, and I think it's I think the UN sanction is like a really smart idea, and especially for the time, a really great way to integrate it with like modern politics. Yes, this is late eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it feels I, super late '80s. It's, oh, yeah. it's very like it's also end of Cold War era, like where yeah. we're just uh, trying to like live together rather than like commies. Let's get those commies, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't love that they have to go into outer space and put on spacesuits. That to me was like a bit weird. Whoa! Oh, sure. Go right? into that, right? Is it weird? I don't know. You guys tell me. I just think like really, Batman's gonna put on, and we're like, let's go fight this spaceship. Does Captain Marvel need a spacesuit? Does, and I guess oh, the yeah. Martian Manhunter does. Um, I don't even know. Does he, he does? He's wearing one. Miracles powers to, but like, would it boost the gold's force field? It just seems so weird that like, well, we're gonna use because you lose a lot of your agility, and then they have to well, dodge these like weird missiles. Yeah. And you also lose a lot of your ability to identify what character is which. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. luckily they're wearing like these big, and then like they go to Star Labs, which I don't know what that is, but it's like I know. it's... It's not Stark Labs, no. but they're like, we can get you into space in half an hour. I'm like, all right. Yeah, Star Labs yeah. is Star Labs is sort of the uh, the science version of Shield in the DC universe. Okay, like they're sort of omnipresent and they are the like leading scientific minds. And this, oh, sorry, I know you. Go ahead. No, this no. is basically the plot of Watchmen. Oh, in a way, the end of it. Yeah, yeah, the end of Watchmen. That basically they're they're coming up with a fake threat to unite. All people again instead of there, Watchmen is against superheroes. This is to convince yeah. them of it. But I find like going into outer space is a little like it's a little weird to me. Which the ending of Watchmen was actually lifted from an old serial. Mm. Is that right? Or Captain an old Crunch. Uh, boom? Brett's <laughs> 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 gems. Amazing. Um, that uh, Len Wein, the editor. Of mm. Watchmen actually resigned before the last issue because he did not want Alan Moore to go through with that ending. He said that he thought Alan Moore was better than lifting that ending from another story, and wow. uh, he could come up with something better. And Moore insisted and then on Zack it. Zack Snyder and did. Len Wein resigned. I'm yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and then Zack Snyder was like, "No, no, I got this, Len. I'll steal your sunshine." What did you think about them going into space? No, I was going to say first of all, the leap to Star Labs is super weird because all of a sudden there's this, there's just a. This guy who's mm -hmm. like, I'm like, who are you? What's going on? <laughs> like, they don't tell you. There's like, you know, there's no like little box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what the heck is going on? But um, I, I actually like the dialogue a lot in space because I think there's actually a lot of really funny comedy bits in space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where most comedy happens. Oh, yeah, I mean, I love that's like true. even like Blue Beetle's like, Kirk to Spock, Kirk to Spock, come in, Spock, cut that out, Blue Beetle. I want you all on your toes. Pretty hard, considering we're not standing on anything. Beetle! I love that. <laughs> Beetle! <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I like, like, what does he think he's doing? Um, 
What is it? Uh, what does he think he's doing offhand? I'd say he's committing suicide. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's even that one um, when they're talking about what are the odds of us. Oh, yeah, when um, Captain Marvel to Mr. Miracle's like, Scott, do you really think we can stop this thing? You want an honest answer? Not especially. It'll be a piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this seems like what Jerry and George would say to each other on the Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, but I do love when Mr. Miracle solves it. I thought that was a really cool... Neat, like I, I was like, oh, yeah. that's, like, it's impressive. And then he says, hi, yeah. father, which is god of... Where, where is he? Is he from Apocalypse? He's from uh, New Genesis. He's from New Genesis. Okay. Yeah, yeah boy. Um, and then he lives, and it was nice. And she's like, she'll kill me if I screw up. Aww. Aww. It, his <laughs> wife. I love this birth control disc also that's yeah. about to kill the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it launches birth control at the world. So there was like a like a serious right-wing message. Like, birth control is a threat to oh, yeah. our freedom. Guy Gardner got a hold of like one of the passes of this. And was yeah. just like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Are they doing anything with Guy Gardner now? He's in Green. He's, uh, in, he's in New Guardians, yeah, right? I don't read any. I'm just or Green Lantern Corps. Because I mean, the political climate is ripe for a character like him. Mm, Let's yeah. just. Say, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, should we pitch? Uh, should we pitch a, a Guy Gardner show to uh, Glenn Beck Network? Glenn Beck's Network, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> I also, I mean, we touched upon it briefly. The amount of news in this is cr- like a lot. Like it's very, like you said, it, like, it's like Cold War. Speaking of which, yeah, there's yeah. a page of just of just like news anchors around the world, around the world being yeah. translated. And well, I- you know, I think that it's sort of playing into what Kirk was saying earlier. With like with them being in spacesuits and stuff, uh, it seems like especially with Kevin McGuire's art, they wanted to ground these stories a bit more, mm. which is why there's like this scenario with like all of these scenarios are very real world based, right? Like they're dealing with uh, nuclear meltdowns and they're dealing with well the the Doctor Fate thing. the Doctor Fate thing's a little fantastic. Although it is just it's a fantastical version of a big terrorist attack. Yeah. Oh know? wow. Yeah. 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 And like the very first, like it's an attack on the UN, and that's also a right. terrorist attack. <coughs> and then, um, and then you know the issue where Booster Gold joins, even though he's fighting the Royal Flush Gang, the major component of it is how the media reacts oh, yeah. to any news story as it's happening, right? So. A lot of this is is grounded in reality, so it. Oh, and and even when Ronald Reagan shows up, yeah, and he's like, I don't remember. Can you remind me? Let me oh, talk to my wife. Uh, yeah. We've met before. <laughs> Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's, right? Yes. Yeah. So did he have it in '87? Yes. Were they? That's a, that's well, that was like the lead up last... to it. That's when it was yeah. all starting yeah. to get broken down. Is right? that a dig at his Alzheimer's? Well, they didn't. Or they, they didn't know at the time. They didn't know it was oh, Alzheimer's. God. They just thought that he was scatterbrained. <laughs> and that it wasn't like an actual degenerative thing because that was yeah. that was very much a, a well we shouldn't make fun of our presidents no matter what I'm just kidding it's <laughs> <laughs> all comedy um, oh, I didn't know that yeah, yeah I mean I knew this that this is he... around the time when the, he started getting questioned about the things that were mm-hmm. oh right I think he said I can't recall I can't I don't recall yeah, yeah. yeah. but that that is probably one of the only times where I was like it's Superman you probably remember <laughs> okay. yeah. but I guess not if you have Alzheimer's well, what was what was also sort of an argument about him was that he was, uh, you know, and in so much as that you could argue this about any president, honestly, that he was a puppet president, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know they hired an actor to play president oh, yeah. for eight years so that everyone else could be, uh, so oh, that everyone man, else yeah. could run things behind the scenes. 
No, I know I know all the digs at like our current president and like and George W. Bush. I, I don't know the digs at the past presidents. Yeah. Like I know what we make fun of them for. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we made fun of Ronald Reagan for. This is interesting. Now I know. Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, because I mean Like what did we make fun of Garfield about? President Garfield. Well, I went out this lasagna, obviously. <laughs> Not liking his cousin, Nermo. Yeah. I mean, come on. You, you should have given him a seat in the cabinet, not yeah. the ambassadorship to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Abu Dhabi. That's the only reason I know out. where that exists is because of Garfield. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that pretty much brings us to the end of all seven issues. Um, do you guys have any f- favorite Who's your favorite character to read in this? This is a series full great of... Great question. Ch- a chock full of great characters. Well, I don't know if he's my favorite character to read, but I've been wanting to say, I actually really love Captain Marvel in this. Like, <laughs> I think he gets so much crap that he just takes calling him Captain Whitebread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's so sweet about it, always. And, like, he finally gets mad, and he's like, yeah, I did it, I got mad. Yeah. Like, I, there's something so, like, sweet that I just love him in everything because I'm just like, oh, you're just like the lovable little sweet pushover. Did that? Yeah. Th- did you not know? Did you find out that he was a 15 year old? Like when I found out, like halfway through this. Yes. So did did his weird sunny disposition when he looks like an adult? Like how did that read when you found out he was 15? Like did it? Because it mean, seemed like that retroactively was like, oh, that makes everything kind of make more sense. But still, I mean, I guess I still have that idea of being, like, 15 is, like, an angsty time. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's yeah. like a farm boy or something. Right, like, yeah. he's just, like, the sweetest. <laughs> I don't know. To me, I guess it didn't necessarily change it, but it, I was also like, God, that's a big 15-year-old. He's bigger than Batman. Like, if you see him next, right next yeah. to Batman, he's yeah. bigger than yeah. Batman. Well, you know, whenever... Whenever he says Shazam, he turns into that body, and then yeah. he's a regular fifteen-year-old. He's—I right mean, that's very similar to the Marvel Captain Marvel, um, the mm-hmm. Marvel Genistel Captain Marvel, where he's Rick Jones, and then he bangs his bands together, and then becomes. So, or when Donald Blake slams, slams down his hammer his, and then his walking stick. his walking stick and becomes, <laughs> becomes mm-hmm. Thor. I still I'm. I'm, I'm read, I was reading all of Marvel comics in chronological order from Fantastic Four number one to the beginning yeah. to now. That's tough. Uh, That's a big mission. I've only read yeah. like 50 issues, yeah, okay. but like, I'm wanting to get to where they finally decide, man, this Donald Blake stuff is not cutting it anymore because <laughs> Thor's origin is insane. Um, are there any characters you really liked, Kirk? Um, it's tough. I, I did. I, I, I mean, I liked, uh, I liked all of them. I, I don't, I just want to know more about Oberon. I don't know anything about I like dwarves. I know he's not a dwarf. You would he's like a want to person. play Oberon if you were to choose a character to play to play. <laughs> I know because I've done a lot of improv with Kirk, and that is always who he will choose to play if it's, at all it's possible. It's a very easy role, because I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, gone for five bad issues. Yeah, yeah. But very important, apparently. Yeah, I guess he's, he's Mr. Miracle's agent, agent? or yeah, something. But yeah, but he's also, in, he's also working buddy. with Maxwell Lord. Right. We find out the end. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I like them all. I, I enjoyed all. I also like Captain Marvel. I liked uh, Guy Gardner as a character. Um, I like John Jones's normalcy Batman. Yeah. Normalcy. We didn't even get ensemble. to his Oreo... Uh, Obsession. Yeah. Does he eat them in this? No, but they but do mention a, a it is a Someone else is eating Oreos. Captain Marvel and yeah. uh, Guy Gardner is like, yeah, go back to eating your Oreos. 
Which, yeah. and then Martian Manhunter becomes, I've still not read an issue where he's oh. obsessed with them. But. He does it in the Sandman. He appear, he's the only superhero who appears in the Sandman. I mean, like, John Constantine, I think, appears also. But, like, yeah. and they talk about Oreos, and I was like, <laughs> that's weird. Oh, so he likes Oreos. Yeah. yeah. And that comes from this, but later on. Yeah. This, this entire series wound up becoming extremely popular and uh, expanded across several... The- uh, oh, several Justice League books. The title there was, changes. It goes from Justice League to Justice League International. Then it becomes Justice League America with issue 26, I think. Then it wow. goes to like, then it splits off to Justice League Europe and then they start up a new Justice League International. Like it's, yeah, the numbering is all over the place. There's also a Justice League Quarterly that was coming out at the time mm-hmm. and I, I think Ant- there was a Justice League Antarctica, but I think that that was like <laughs> a storyline j- that was just like a joke. Yeah. I think Nort runs Justice League Antarctica. Um, yeah. Nort is the dog Green Lantern. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wish Guy Gardner already come up once. I, I wish <laughs> Guy Gardner used his Green Lantern powers better here because I think the Green Lantern has one of the best powers of all. Well, time. do you think that is indic- indicative of the wielder? Like, yes, he, like he definitely would Good be. Good point. Because I, I remember reading that in an article at Wizard, like when Kyle Rayner got in, because Kyle Rayner was an artist, mm. right? He was an artist architect. Yeah. So like all of his stuff was more like imaginative and more Hal Jordan is a pilot, so a lot of his stuff was more like bare bone, like mm-hmm. I guess like, mm-hmm. rudim- like rudimentary or whatever. And then Guy Gardner just like makes like he hammers makes and like a, a, a broom. Does he yeah. make like a fist too? Does yeah. Like a <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He makes a chair. Does he make like a beanbag at some? Oh point? yeah, yeah. He's sitting <laughs> on like a beanbag. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's so great. Well, there's a there's a great line in Grant Morrison's JLA where Kyle Rayner's using the uh, uh, the the Green Lantern ring, and he says something like, "Don't mess with a guy with uh, don't mess with a guy who loves manga." And mm. has an uh, has like an overpowering oh. will because like he makes all these like meccas oh, yeah. and stuff whenever is, he's that's cool that yeah. is really cool that is really cool but yeah he's a dunce. Uh, my favorite character is obviously Blue Beetle uh, yeah yeah he's great uh, I I've always gravitated towards the like Donatello type mm. characters yeah he's like you know wisecracking but smart and you know I always I love that I like his costume. Yeah, I love that costume. I, I that, has, that has been on the short list of my Halloween costumes for, like, years. That's a Steve Ditko design, yeah. I believe. Is he the Spider-Man of this universe? I, I feel like Kevin Hines has said that at some point. Yeah. I mean, like, he's Blue Beetle of, is a play on, like, it's a bug, yeah. basically. Well, Ted, yeah. Cord's, Ted Cord is uh, very wealthy. Okay. Yes, too. that is not the same. But he is that yeah. every man. Like, you're supposed to relate to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is technically new to the DC universe because he was a Charlton character. Right, yep. And DC bought... Charlton characters and let them. Oh, so was Captain Marvel actually. And well, Cap- yeah, Captain Marvel's a faucet from the fifties. Like this right. is a, this series is made up of like weird third yeah. hand characters. And they didn't use them like Blue Beetles. Like like in Crisis on Infinite Earths, like he shows up in the first or second issue and he's like, "I'm so new here. Like people don't really know who he is." Uh, which was weird to me the first time I read it mm. because I was like, "Dude, that's Blue he, Beetle dummies." Was he new? <laughs> was he new there because? Uh, he had just become a superhero in everyone in the DC universe's mind, or was he new there because he knew that he was from another universe and now was in a strange place? That's a good question. I think it's I think it's the, the former. I think it's the former. I'm not sure. Jeez. I don't remember. Deep stuff. And he's also Night Owl in the Watchmen universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a play on that. Yeah. 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 Or Night Owl is a play on Watchmen yeah. on Blue Beetle. Also, yeah. have a weird crush on Night Owl sometimes. What? 
Yes. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, here's the beanbag chair. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I had to take a picture of it. Uh, Matt, who was your favorite character? Well, I was going to go with Blue Beetle. Um, but in my <clears> and in I my talked about my weird crush on him and just made it icky for everyone. No, no, just for the for the sake of variety, uh, I, I will say uh, Booster, because uh, I I really I like that he comes in as this fresh face, right, and feels like he has to prove something, and then yeah. as soon as he does, like. I love the sort of seamless integration that this character has with the existing relationships that are already there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that he comes in and um, I don't know. He just like hits it with both feet running. Doesn't yeah. both feet running? That's a that's yeah, right. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I love how happy he is when like when the Justice League comes home and they're like and Maxwell Lord's like here's your new member Booster Gold he's like hey guys like yeah. he's so happy <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's gonna be on the Justice League and then Batman's like what is this. Mm-hmm. Swear to me. Yeah. Swear <laughs> much. I did not You're read not this. Wearing hockey <laughs> I did not read this with Chris with with Nolan voice in my head. I should have. Because he gives some long speeches that you mm-hmm. know that voice would have been like Marco Rubio reaching for the water. Also, you guys, real fast, um, I love that Dr. Fate is trapped. In a uh, like the gray man hangs out in a theater that's playing Timothy Dalton in the yeah. Living Daylights. Yeah, <laughs> love it. That's great. And then the creeper just shows up too. I was that, just like, well, that's, that's, that's yeah, for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. because he's crazy and he would show up in this crazy world. Yeah, I think is that what kind of what he says? Like, I mean, I and that's why he's able to go in. I yeah. felt um, his name is so rapey. The creeper. <laughs> Drake is a real creeper. You don't need to go out with... Don't go anywhere alone with Drake. But he, but he's so colorful. But he's a creeper. He is a creeper. Just oh. don't leave your drink alone with yeah. him. That's all no, I'm no, saying. No, no, he said he holds drinks, he's but he's creeper. really good at holding drinks. Oh, guys. Anyways, I'm <laughs> really tired now. <laughs> okay. okay, you deserve it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just kidding. Oh, it's funny because it's true. No! Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, jokes. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so final thoughts. Final yeah, thoughts final on the thoughts. story itself. What did you guys think? Wait, can I say one last thing yes. about characters? Yeah. If I if I were to have to go on a date with any of them, though, I would choose Martian Manhunter. Is that weird? No. No. He's, uh, he's explain. Like, he's a dream man. He's so grounded. Yes. And yep. so smart. Yeah. And just. Tall. I don't know. It's like he, everything I'm looking for, except for on Fate, another planet. Doctor Fate is creepy as hell. Yeah. So no. Yeah. Uh, and then like you know, with with both Booster and uh, Blue Beetle, you're dealing with like some average guy personalities. Like they probably don't got their shit together. I can see that. Yeah. Martian Manhunter. Like yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, He's a catch. Guy Gardner, no, no, no. No, no, no. Captain Marvel, no, because of no, legal things. Yes, <laughs> yes <Yeah>. illegal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I Ted Core would be for me, but yeah, I totally see Marsha Manhunter. I just had to input that. Marsha Manhunter seems like the most together person in this mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he totally is. Yeah. He's the only person who does not need therapy in this whole universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that Black Canary is pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. No, she's yeah. she's well adjusted as yeah. well. I wanted more of her. I do I too. too. I yeah. do too. And more I... of Doctor Light, who's only in there for yeah. like an issue and a half. She does some. She does some. She does some uh, competent stuff. Yep. She like takes out a couple of rocket racer rocket racers. Uh, rocket Reds. Rocket Reds. Reds. She was in there. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I think yeah she she barely she, gets has any time to wear a little headdress. Though. Yeah, her weird yeah. tiara, her little tiara, tiara, her light tiara. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She does do that light. She's got light powers. Yeah. Dazzler of this universe, I guess. Well, yeah. Dazzler. Uh, Dazzler. I don't, we don't have to get into it. Dazzler dresses Snowbird. Uh, so yeah. So y'all's final thoughts? You enjoyed? You hated? No, I definitely enjoyed. I yeah, thought yeah. it was fun and enjoyable. I would I would totally keep reading. I'd yes, that's the next. question. That's the question. So would you keep reading? I, I but I'd be like, who are these new characters? Captain Adam and Rocket Red, and I'd be like, who are these jerks? But like, I would totally. I, I, if it was going to keep the same tone and the same uh, writers, I would be yeah. like, uh, yeah, more. And I think it does for a long, at least the first 25 issues. Uh, for, I think. Yeah. Like, McGuire yeah. is on for the first 25 issues, and I think Matisse and Giffen stay on for a long time. I think I think McGuire's only on for the first year, but then it's Adam Hughes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had it. It was an embarrassment of riches yeah. for a while for them. Yeah. And then and then somewhere along the line, I think, like, Bart Sears. Uh, Jergens is on for a uh, while. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's... It's a really, it's a really good yeah. story. Uh, speaking of Charlton characters, Captain Adam uh, was oh. uh, Doctor Manhattan is the analog for Captain Adam. Oh, yeah. and Lorraine, you enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it as well. I definitely, I like, I would like to read this, like, to keep reading, but I'd kind of like to look up more '80s history because I don't remember enough from being alive because I was young. Um, very, very young. Like actual history or DC history? Like, like actual, actual history. <laughs> because I feel like it would be so much more, in, like I would have so much more insight into sort of the political climate. Oh, yeah. Because just trying to remember things of like what I've learned through life about the history, I don't remember it as well, but I feel like this, I really like the political undertones of this book. Oh, yeah. Especially, like the comedy of it is really great. I think it's a fun book and I keep reading it, but I love the political undertones. That's really yeah. great. And uh, I mean, it's a really, it makes sense that they were picked to take over X Factor when Peter David left. Yeah. Like Matisse did. I don't think Giffen. No, did they both? I can't remember. No, I don't think Giffen. Um, but yeah, because X Factor, early 1991's X Factor, which we discussed two weeks ago, is the exact same thing of like political undertones, but hilarious book. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Comedy and politics, mm. you know? Yeah, I love this. I own single issues for like 8 through 20 something, but have yet to read them. Because oh. I just buy things. <laughs> I love the international hand symbol for I just buy things that you Which just is, did. Yeah. <laughs> just flailing yeah, your arms, flailing reaching arms. the inward Kermit. <laughs> yeah. Ah! <laughs> it's that picture of Kermit and Jim Henson. Aww. I just wanted to bring it down. I just wanted to punch the mood in the face. Uh, one punch, Brad. One punch. One punch. Uh, great. And you loved it, Matt. Uh, yeah, I really like this. And uh, I want to go back and finish this. Uh, I, I want to finish their run on oh, yeah. this book because it's a lot of fun. And uh, they wind up, uh, they wind up, I think, almost or winning... An, uh, a tropical island called Kui Kui Kui. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets really fun and really wow. bizarre. Like Booster and Beetle, I think like get them in trouble because they gamble away. Like I do seem to remember there being a lot of pictures of them in bathing suits together. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from my own. Is, or is that just like a lot of weird fan art you own? Yeah. Yeah. You search for it; it's there. Oh yeah. Shipping. Um, yeah. yeah. Lorraine, why don't you go ahead and plug anything you have going on? Oh, sure. Please check out The Watcher. It's on Marvel's YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Marvel. Or you can check out, um, I have a personal YouTube page, which is youtube.com uh, slash Lorraine Sink. And home of the Lorraine Sink Show. Home of the Lorraine Sink Show. Uh, you can't guess who that's about. Um, nope. No idea. Uh, so, <laughs> so check that out. Um, it, basically, if you Google my name, you'll find a lot of weird things. Love it. So do that. And where are you on Twitter? 
at Lorraine Sink. You awesome. know it. And that's C-I-N-K. C-I-N-K. L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E-C-I-N-K. Yeah. Uh, I have a Twitter, too, and it's Kirk Says, so you can follow that for dumb stuff. Uh, I also have a Tumblr, talkingbreakfast.tumblr.com, or if you want to hear about improv, improv-is-easy.tumblr.com. Uh, or you know what? Screw all that. Just check out facebook.com backslash cakey if you want to befriend the only thing I've ever done that's worthwhile. Cakey. <laughs> but we have a new series coming out later this year, uh, and it'll be featured on that uh, page somehow. So check it out. And that's my life. Our, uh, if you're a listener of this show, you're going to love Cakey. Probably, uh, yeah, I, I, I helped out a day on set with that, and it was so much fun. Um, yeah, you're going to love it. Yay! Awesome. Um, if you're interested in purchasing Justice League A New Beginning and the comics that we've talked about today, um, you can visit mattandbrettlovecomics.com and buy them through our Amazon store there, which will give us a little bit of money at no cost to you and a little bit of cost to Amazon. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, and while you're there, you can check out some of our back issues. For example, uh, us hanging out with Kelly Sue DeConnick and talking planetary issues one through six. Or... Um, or uh, Lorraine and Kirk's teammate Jeremy Bent and Frank oh, Hale discussing lock and key or uh, Ryan Stegman hanging out and talking with us about the death ray yes uh, and we also guys we'd love hearing from you so please tell us what you think about this or any past episode on our website and we will respond to you and you can find any links to all of our social media presence under the Who Loves Comics tab on the website, including a great picture uh, of Brett. That will be going. Given an Ermagerd! Oh, that will be. Ermagerd <laughs> Comics! Ermagerd! That will be removed maybe by the time this episode goes out. So, <laughs> uh, so get in touch with us there. Uh, please, I, this is, I can't stress this enough. Please rate and review this show on iTunes. I'm going to. I'm seriously. I'm going off script here to say I am going to brainstorm some sort of scheme to get us more reviews on iTunes. I don't know if it's like the 30th person that leaves a review is on gets to be on the show. I'm saying all this out loud for the first time ever. But I, we're getting more reviews on iTunes, so... I'm gonna I'm get pointing, a lot of challenge accepted pictures yeah, coming our way now. I am pointing my finger at you, the listener, to your ear holes and saying, leave a review on iTunes because that helps us. This is stern talk. Yeah, yeah, let's threaten let's <laughs> threaten the listeners choice. of our show. <laughs> you I'll be the heavy, you be the lighty. Yeah. That what they're called? I think it's the good cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad cop. I like heavy and lighty, too, <laughs> Heavy and lighty, the good cop and bad cop. Please, yeah, please rate and review this show in iTunes. Yeah, and, of course, you are our best, uh, our best spokesman. Uh, we love it so much that you guys interact with us, hang out with us on Facebook and everything. So please, tell your friends about the show. If you know someone at a comic shop that might be interested in it, uh, let them know about us. As always, thanks to our producer, Ben Rahib. <laughs> yes, and uh, as always... This is Matt. <laughs> this is Brett. And Wait, we no. love comics. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>